Welcome everybody back to the Powder and String podcast. I'm your host Kip Etter, and I am joined today with uh, by Dave Thomas with Bow Hunter Planet. And uh, man, Dave, I I appreciate you being on here. Uh, super stoked to have you. Watched a lot of your stuff on social media, and uh, I'm just excited to get get in and start talking about bow hunting and bows and everything that that goes with that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always nice to come on, and especially when shows are starting to get kicked off for the first time. And I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a firm believer in just trying to grow the heritage of hunting in general. So, like for me, doing all these shows, having fun with it, and getting to know people is really important because I feel like if we can kind of find ways together to, you know, work on these type of things, it's going to be better for everybody. Yeah, the more that you can, you know, <clears throat> collaborate, and the more that you can work with all the different you know, um, you know, people that are in different fields and stuff like that. That's, you know, our, our kind of, our podcast has just been really, you know, anything shooting, hunting outdoors, um, you know, anything that we can fit in there, uh, is kind of what the direction that we, you've tried to, you know, I guess really, I wouldn't say it's a direction. It's more just kind of wide open. Yeah. And so we're super excited, you know, powder and string gunpowder bow string is, the, you know, the name, um, we started, you know, uh, just, just right at two years ago. And, and, uh, we're looking to expand this year and add archery. Um, for, you know, for our listeners that have been listening before and stuff, they know that, you know, my passion is truly archery. I'm, I'm a bow hunter. Um, I've bow hunted since, oh, I, I was trying to kick it, kick her. I know it was at least 91, 92 was probably when I got my first bow. Um, and I, if I, my memory serves me correctly, it was a Hoyt Pro Vantage rocket, I think was the first nice. bow that I ever got. And, and that bow was the one that I was the most accurate with. And, um, that thing was so slow. I mean, comparatively speaking to, you know, to today it was, I mean, it's, you know, it's a dinosaur, but the bows yeah. that we have today, but I was shooting, you know, Eastern aluminum arrows. I, I don't even remember what. I forgot. I think it was twenty two seventy fives or something. That's off the top of my head. X X seventy fives. Yeah, maybe that's what that were. Yeah. yeah, and it was just. But I I shot so much with that bow. Um, you know, I was like, you know, fourteen, twelve, fourteen years old, and just you know lived in a little town of a hundred people if you count the cats and dogs, and uh, you know just shot. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know how many arrows I shot through that thing a ton, and you know I got where I was just as accurate as could be with it. And that's kind of what set the, that's what set the mood, if you will. And from there on, I've just been hooked and yeah. love it. It's pretty easy so. to get hooked in archery, to be honest. I mean, I feel like we get a lot of people with a lot of early questions. And one of the reasons I like TikTok as much as I have been recently is there's a lot of newbies on it. And I feel like a lot of people are asking a lot of questions about archery and it's really important. And it it's really, you know, one of those things where, you're going to get all these people want to test something or try something. So they're, they're willing to at least at minimum, um, you know, go buy the cheapest bow they could find on Amazon or whatever. And I, I don't care. Like to me, that's like, Hey, do it, do it, please do it. Right. Because if I can hook them just to go out and shoot a bow or try to shoot a bow, they're going to def definitely upgrade later to like a bear archery bow, a Hoyt or something else. Eventually they will upgrade once they get the hook and they get hooked into it. And I, I, I mean, I know that feeling. I still feel that feeling today when I think of archery, um, just because 
the amount of fun I had growing up shooting archery um, outdoors with my family was an incredible experience. And, you know, looking back on that experience is one of the reasons I think it's important to continue doing what we do is just to help other people explore that and share it, you know, and understand what's out there, what they're missing, because there's just something primitive and amazing about archery that really makes you feel that what's what I would tell people's in their blood already is that, you know, heritage of archery, which every one of us has in us somewhere uh, from the past, uh, maybe not us specifically, but a grand, grand, grandfather, grandparent of some sort uh, used a bow at some point because it was, you know, so important to survival. So, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, those, those early memories and stuff like that, man, that's just, that is what it is. And, and even, you know, the difference between, you know, archery hunting and, and, you know, hunting with a rifle is just, it's, it's so different. And I remember, you know, even to, even today, but, um, but more so, even more so back then, you know, there wasn't, there definitely wasn't as many people into archery then as there is now. And it's a growing sport, but when you go out and you're, you know, setting a stand for archery hunting, um, with a, with a rifle hunter, it's just completely foreign to them. It's, you know, it's completely different. So, yeah. um, and obviously I'm showing my age, but you know, that this was, um, you know, we were building our own, our own tree stands, um, you know, out of wood yeah. and stuff. It was, I mean, I'm, there might've been maybe some, you know, type of, you know, manufactured hang on stands, but I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I probably couldn't, I know I couldn't have afforded, afforded them, but I mean, we were literally going out and, you know, building stands and, or you'd sit in stands that were built, you know, a long time ago and for, you know, for somebody else. But, you know, those are the memories that just, you know, that, that got me hooked. And I'm to this day, I'm still just completely ate up with it and absolutely love it. Yeah, it's it's a good time. And I think, you know, stands, all the gear and stuff that go into it, hunting is a very strategic um, sport. And I think uh, gun hunting is too, to an extent, but, but bow hunting is extremely strategic because you really have to get close to the game. And I think that that changes a lot of the way that people think about um, bows and archery because it's not just about the bow. It's not about the shot. I mean, those are obviously extremely important, but, you know, you have to get the tree stand or the saddle, or you have to find the right spot to, to ambush them, uh, the deer or the turkey, whatever you're hunting. And you, it, it's really about uh, planning. There's just so much planning that goes into it. And a good example of that is for me, even behind me, I was trying to clear that desk off before we start talking because that's all my turkey stuff. I'm getting ready to go on my turkey hunt. There's a lot of planning that's going into that with what am I going to use? What's my gear? What's, you know, not even just the bow, but like the broadhead, the arrow, um, where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to camp? You know, I mean, there's just so much involved in the in the scenario. Which calls am I going to use? You know, I got I got a, I got a box of calls here. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's an example that came in, and I have no idea of all these what I'm going to use. But I'm like, I need to figure it out, right? I got to sit down and go through this whole box and decide: Am I going to do a mouth call, a slate call, a box call? Like, how am I going to do this? So the planning, I feel like, is just constant and it's fun. It makes it extremely fun to to work on the planning portions of it. I love that you say that because in previous podcasts, we've talked about that, that, you know, there's so much um, that goes into a hunt and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. You're talking about turkey hunting and we can stick with that. But to me, as much of the, 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 the excitement, there's more, just as much or more of the planning and the, 
and the leading up to it, the camaraderie with your buddies, you know, going out, setting up the scouting, all of that. That's the memories. That's the, you know, the the shot, the kill. Yes, that's it. I mean, and almost, it's almost a letdown sometimes because it's like, man, you know, you've been prepping this whole time, you know, and, you know, sticking with Turkey because here we are right now, you know, coming, we're in Kansas. And so youth season's already started and we're getting ready to have, um, you know, regular archery's open right now and we're getting ready to have the, uh, you know, the full season open, if you will. And, you know, even, you know, I've been on the phone, our, 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 uh, Turkey numbers are down here. Um, and you know, eight, five, eight years ago. Um, I mean, it was, you could shoot two birds back then and now it's one. Um, and man, you could just, I mean, almost guarantee you if you, if I was, you know, we were talking, I was like, Hey, come to Kansas, guarantee you get two birds in two days no problem. Um, now I'm actually, you know, having to work at it, make calls, call, you know, Hey, at the, talking to farmers, you know, have you seen any uh, birds, whatever. So building up to that, that's actually as much, much of the hunt, if you will. And it's fun and it's yeah. the camaraderie and all that. And so once it's done, especially like, you know, with Turkey, now there's just one tag, it's done. You know, you're like, yeah. Oh, another year. So I would say like, you know, uh, Michigan had Turkey issues years ago. <clears throat> then they moved to one tag and we've been on one tag ever since. And to be honest, I'm glad I'm glad it stayed at one tag because there are it, when you go out there and you get the trail cam picks, we get we have Tacticam live cameras are in the field. So we see pictures come in. Yep. Um, and so it's cool to see it. But the thing is, is that there's a lot of birds. We'll see like 30 birds, 20, 30 birds in one field. But if you start dropping in twos, right, at some point, right. you're going to mess up the scenario. So luckily for us, I think the coyote population has been kept at bay and the turkey have, have thrived. But I'm glad the DNR in Michigan has not changed that back yet, because, um, frankly, we do think about it sometimes like, oh, we should be able to get two birds. Now, there's so many. There's so many. But the, the truth is there are a lot of birds, but they're not always in the same areas. Right. So somebody might be hunting a farm and never see a single turkey, you know, whereas I might be hunting my farm and see 40, you know, in one sit. So it's not necessarily spread out correctly. And I think it would be a bad thing, but yeah, Um, Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the one turkey because it lets me really think about and hone in on what am I going to actually shoot? Like, do I want that one or that one? I have to really think about it and plan it properly. Yeah. And, and you kind of touched on, on coyotes, the coyote population. That's one thing down here. There's a lot of talk of, and a matter of fact, just this morning, right before we, uh, you know, uh, came in here to start filming the podcast, uh, one of our pro staffers came in and, and, um, he had, he was coming in and getting stuff for Turkey, um, Turkey hunting. And he, on his way in, he he had, uh, had shot a coyote and we've got a ton of coyotes and, you know, coons and I mean, they're just, it's, there's a bunch of them. And so I think that's really affected our, um, our population, uh, quite a bit, but, um, you know, there's definitely still turkeys out there and everything like that. And, and, and for me, turkey hunting is, I, I mean, it's, it's right up there. I mean, turkey hunting is one of my favorite. Um, and, and, um, uh, my wife and both of my daughters, I got two, two grown daughters and all three of them, have never hunted or anything. And in a previous podcast, um, since we've opened the, the, the shop and both of my daughters, I just recently became a grandpa times too. So they both had babies. And, uh, so they're going to get into hunting and we're going to, we've already started uh, getting, um, content and footage and stuff. And so they're familiar and been around guns and hunting because of me, but they've never 
done it at all. And so we're going to, over the next year and a half or so, we're filming content and working with them all the way through from getting their license to going through and shooting shotguns that, you know, and then going and we're, we're going to take them out turkey hunting here in the next couple of weeks. And so hopefully we'll help them get their first turkey. And it's, you know, that whole experience. And uh, I think it's just, I'm super excited for them to have that experience of the turkey, you know, the turkey, you know, when he's, comes out of the tree or her, you know, early in the morning, hopefully you have one of them picture, you know, great hunts where, you know, he's interactive and working back and forth comes in and he's all, you know, psyched up. And, you know, we, you, if you've done it, you know, and you're hooked, it's just, it's a blast. And so I'm really looking forward to having that experience with, with, with them and, and uh, you know, everything about it. It's just, it's absolutely, you know, that's what it's all about, I guess, so to say, but yeah, turkey hunting, um, <laughs> so much fun. Like I, I, I always tell people who haven't done it, I'm like, you're really missing out. Like, I honestly would tell you, if you haven't turkey hunted, you're really missing out. Because it's it's almost comparable. And I've never experienced an elk hunt, so I don't know the bugle. I've seen videos, of course. A lot of my mm-hmm. friends in the industry hunt elk, and I, they send me their videos and stuff. And I, I get it. And it would probably be an absolute amazing feeling to feel the vibration of an elk bugling go through your body while you're there. Right. But I get that with turkey. That was my point. Like, so when they gobble and they go nuts when you're calling in in the beginning... I'm right. like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. And then all of a sudden you see them appear through the wood line and then you see them start working their way to the decoys. It is like one of the coolest experiences. I and not, not to mention you can do what you want in the blind. Like you can have a cigar, you can relax, you can watch TV on your phone. I mean, like literally it's totally different than than deer hunting in the yeah. sense that is a lot more freedoms if you're in a blind, like yeah. what you can get away with compared to deer where, or, you know, they're all over you like flies on poop. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. And that's the thing is, is that that interactive, you know, it's, you know, I'm a waterfowl hunter as well. I mean, any, basically, if it, if it has to do with hunting, I'm in, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, uh, like I said, as earlier, it, I would say that turkey hunting is, is right up there with deer. And I guess, um, I mean, I, I don't know, it's really hard for me to say it's, it's, it's more than deer. But in an essence, it is because, you know, with, with Turkey, they just, there's most of the time there's so much interaction and, you know, heck there's sometimes you can have that Tom that it might be 20, 30, 45 minutes that you're back and forth hour with this Tom that you're cat and mouse back and forth, you know, and, and to ultimately seal the deal. And, and when he comes in and he's just, you know, I mean, just all bowed up and kicking dirt and you can just heads just, know that iridescent it's just like man this is just yeah it's just awesome so i'm hoping that we can have that experience with um my wife and and my daughters and so we're totally looking forward to that over the next uh you know three four five weeks um and uh super excited for that but um i want to i want to pick your brain a little bit about about archery about bows um you know we're getting ready to you know plan to plan to expand the shop here at powder and string and and get into bow, um, uh, more. And I want to hear, you know, obviously you, you're, you're extremely experienced in that and stuff. What for the, for the, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, but for the, for the, for the listener out there, that's just getting into bow hunting, you kind of touched on it before, just get something, give us some insight as to what your opinions are with, with anything and everything bow hunting. Yeah, no problem. Um, so archery, um, bows there's so much so much to take in so i always tell people the same thing like it always starts with price like you got to figure out what is my budget like you just got to have a budget you can't just walk into somewhere and not know what your max is what your minimum is 
Um, but I would tell any archer, you know, your minimum is going to be like probably four to 500 would be probably the min. If you want an American made compound bow, that's very good. And that would start with most likely bear archery or diamond archery, uh, would be the two I would start with for sure. If you, if you want to starter bows right in the beginning, uh, both of those companies, well, diamond does make an altar, which gets you in the 650. I'm pretty sure that might be around where they max, but then bear does obviously get into the, the higher end bows, uh, with the execute. So, the cool thing about bear is for users, if you start with a bear, you can definitely move up to another bear, which I do love that part of it. Yeah. With diamond, you could do that, but the highest you're going to be able to get is like the altar, which is in about the mid price point bow. Whereas bear will get you into the extreme, you know, if you want to get into the $1,200 type mark. So let's start with the three different types of categories. So you have the entry level, which is generally between. Um, I'd say 400, we'll say 350, maybe in some cases, maybe 200, I guess, if you're talking about Amazon type bows. So 200 to about 500. And let me uh, ask so you a quick, lot in there on the, on the Amazon bows. Cause I genuinely don't have any idea on this. Are they, I mean, are they safe? Are they, do you know, have you, have you, do you have any, I've had some time with them and I think they're okay. I wouldn't say like they're the best bow in the world. Like I tell people all the time. If it's going to get you into archery, then I guess do it. But like, if you're willing to spend a little bit more and go with the higher quality, I highly recommend it. So, you know, know, I have no other option for you. If you're if you're a person who doesn't go into pro shops, won't go into a pro shop and is an online warrior and just wants to try a bow, do what you want. That's why I tell people do whatever is going to make you pick up a bow. But for someone who's going to walk into a pro shop, they're definitely not going to buy an Amazon bow. That's just, right. the, just like the flip of it. I, I don't recommend buying the Amazon bow in the sense that you have to do everything yourself. And if you're if you're that new as a newbie, you're probably not going to understand how to do your rest correctly, a peep yeah. site or any of that stuff. So I don't necessarily recommend it to anybody. I would just say if, if that's your only that's course enough. that you're willing to do, that I'd rather you do that than do nothing to get an archery. You so, know, and another thing, too, along those lines, and I'm sure you, you would agree with this, um, is most bow hunters myself included and i i can obviously say that with you because um, i've watching videos and stuff we all have an old bow and our old bows aren't necessarily all that old um i'm kind of in a unique situation <clears throat> i get something and i like to stick with it for a long time i'm still to this day shooting the switchback mm-hmm. and i have had other bows but I just go back to my switchback because it's just, I don't know. It just, I got it. I don't know. Uh, however long ago that was like, I mean, 20 years ago. And I just love that thing. I can, I mean, I've, I've had other bows and I go out and I shoot them and they just, I don't know. I find myself going back to my switchback. Um, so I usually shoot that the most, but, um, most other, most hunters or most bow hunters or, or people that are in the bow hunting, or even just shooting bows have more than one bow and would probably be more than willing to let you borrow one. If, especially if you're a good friend, I guess, um, or are often trying to sell them. I know, um, my son-in-law Blake, he's a really big bow hunter and, and great shot. I've talked a lot about him on the podcast. Um, haven't had him on yet. We've talked about it a bunch, but, um, he's always, um, willing and dealing with bows and stuff like that. So that's another option too. Yep. So we have, uh, so there's that used market, of course, that's in there somewhere. Then you have the uh, entry level. You have a mid price, which would be like 600 to nine, 900, 999 right in there. 
which is these are all great bows, by the way, everything I'm talking about here. So it doesn't really matter. But when you get in then to the premium, which you're going to look at, like, you know, Matthews, Hoyt, uh, Bear, uh, Bowtech, all in the elite, you know, all in this twelve hundred to fourteen hundred dollar mark. So those are going to be your highest tech bows, meaning the bows that bring in the latest technology each year. Example, this would be uh, Matthews with the phase four. They brought in four limb type concept on top and bottom. This is totally new. No one's ever done this. Uh, so that's yeah, where you're going to get your highest tech type ideas. My Blake just got one of those and it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Something different. That's where you're going to get into the the tech. So like when people talk about like cars or, you know, you buy a car that the latest car is going to have the latest model screens and the latest model handles, whatever, right. It's going to be the newest thing. And that's where you're getting into that around that price point. Uh, the stuff under that, the mid price and the lower price is going to be older technology that these companies have used over the years, of course. So you're still good stuff, but just not the top, top technology. Um, after that, you get into carbon. So you're looking at, you know, 1700 to 1900 and then which are awesome. They're just very high end material, basically. Um, Hoyt does one now elite now Bowtech and also PSE. They all have. Uh, a carbon model, which these models are amazing. So if you can afford it and you don't care to spend the money, then yeah, get one. They're sweet. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, and then the last one is a new one called X-Lite uh, by Expedition Archery, which is a new material called Magnite. And that's at the highest end at about just under $2,000. And that is a mix of carbon slash aluminum. Uh, no one really knows what's in it. It's a magic brew by them. Uh, of course, prior, 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 ugh, I can't even say it. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a tough ended. We'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's in the mix though, but uh, that one is at the highest end. Um, have you had? Have you been able to get your hands on one of those? I have. I have had the Magnite bows in the past. So about a year ago, they launched a couple, which I did. I still have. This year's are coming, but we don't have them yet because they're so new. They're still trying to get them, mm-hmm. you know, created for everybody on the on the market. So. Um, not yet, but I do, I do have plans to have them. Yes. And, and real quick, two things, I guess. Um, one, everything that we're talking about right here is all, um, compound bows. There's also the traditional, um, which, um, Dylan's, uh, back here, you know, shaking his head. He's a big traditional guy. And, um, he's actually talked me into, uh, I got my first traditional one on a bow on the way. So, Nice, nice. Um, Traditional yeah. has picked up a lot in the last uh, few years, honestly. Ever since COVID, it, I feel like it's definitely booming. Uh, Bear Archery, of course, being the, the main player in that game with the most bows. They have so many bows. Hoyt has one bow. I think PSC might have a couple lower-end bows. Um, and then there's <laughs> some some custom companies like Shatterproof Archery who make a little like a, a, a traditional I just actually had them on the podcast the other day. It was actually a good, good conversation. Uh, but these are like, you know, small, small companies, right? So Bear Archery being the highest and biggest, the most strongest when it comes to traditional, in my opinion, um, you know, they have the most. They're going to have, uh, you know, the Fred Eckler bow that uh, uh, Dylan loves over there. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> he, got, that's what the, he got me on. was The Kodiak, Super Grizz. I mean, I got a whole bunch of old ones right here. I, I bought and acquired that are old school from the 50s. And I mean, they're just beautiful pieces of work. Some are zebra wood. I mean... So they're to me they're these ones are more of my collector edition type stuff where I'm not going to actually hunt with it but I you know we like to keep it and keep it preserved. In the back there I have one that actually is my hunting rig um mm-hmm. and I believe that is a super grizz I think back there. But yeah, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm like I'm not like Dylan. I don't actually kill anything with it. I just try. Yeah. <laughs> well, my goal is hopefully 
I don't know. Mine's on the way. It's supposed to be here sometime in the next, I don't know, three or four weeks, something like that, probably. Um, the arrows already came in. So Dylan's getting me all set up with all that and everything. But um, Exciting. I don't know, maybe this maybe this fall. I don't know. We'll just have to see how proficient I get with it. But Yeah, and I'm, I think what we're seeing, too, though, you see a lot, of, a lot of, I think what's happened, to be honest, and this is what I think, this isn't proof by any means, but I think a lot of the gun hunters bought crossbows. So I think crossbow sales went through the roof, uh, you know, this past couple of years uh, as they became legal in each state. And then I think compound shooters actually went back and bought traditional bows because they wanted more of a, um, uh, a challenge. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what you see here. The gun hunter wanted a different challenge, went to a crossbow, the compound went to the traditional and so forth. And I feel like it's kind of happening in that, that sense. A lot of the compound shooters I know are buying trad bows now. So I think, it's definitely some sort of interesting shift um, of people just wanting to try something new, to be honest, I think. Yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to, to, to point out when we're talking these numbers and that you're throwing out and stuff like that, you're talking bare bow numbers. Correct. Well, yes, but not with bear archery. So a bear archery, you have ready to hunt packages. Um, so they started, I think around 459, maybe I could be off on that 559. It's usually a hundred dollars more than the bow. So the adapt is a real popular bow right now from them. I think it's five something, 550, 560 with a package, which is awesome because you get the basics of everything, right? It's not going to be the high end stuff, but it, to me, like I tell people all the time, you always get the package. And the reason is for a hundred bucks, you're getting a rest, a quiver, a stabilizer. And the thing is, even if you don't want to use it, even if you're like, you know what, I want a better trophy ridge site instead of this one, that's okay. Because these things then become your backup toolbox. So if you're in the yep. field and you have an issue and you break something, you can literally go to that box and pull one of those pieces into your bow set and recite in and be good to go for your hunt. And don't lose out because people will lose out all the time. I tell people, you should always carry a whisker biscuit with you and everywhere you go, because if your drop away or your limb driven breaks or something happens in the field, you can literally put it on, recite in and kill a deer an hour later. So that that's, that is, that is great advice and probably something that I would not have thought of to bring up, but yeah, I mean, we all, we, I mean, earlier I just talked about, um, all of us having, you know, bow hunters having old bows sitting around and it does happen. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the pro shop's not open. Um, you don't have access yep. and all, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, Friday. I carry evening. all that stuff. All that stuff goes with me in a two, little toolbox. I call it my archery kit it has D loop material. It has everything you can imagine that I would need. The only thing it doesn't have is an actual string. And that's the only thing it wouldn't have. Cause of course I couldn't do that without a press with exactly. some bows. Actually, some bows will allow you to do that now. Uh, APA Archery out of Canada, their bows have had this pin system for years that can lock out the cam system. You can change your cables or strings in the field, which is unbelievable. So when you buy the bow, you could buy an extra string and then have that in your toolbox and be able to do it yourself in the field. You have to watch some videos, but you'd be able to figure it out. And uh, which was be a little bit harder, right? Because you have to then, you know, put a peep on it. You you still be have some things you have to fix, which could take a little time. But it can be done. Trophy Ridge sells a, a peep that is a no tie peep. So you can literally do a figure eight in the peep and put that in. Right. And then uh, you could clamp on a kisser or nose button, whatever you need. Um, and you could tie a D loop without, you know, a press. So technically you could actually do it all in the field. Um, be a little work, but it could be done, you know, and then, uh, and then Matthew says the SAS system, stay a field system, same concept, but theirs goes, it's a, it's a, just a cable that you uh, pull the cables together, you lock it on the cams and the cams have pins on them that you can grab or hooks. And so that'll lock out that bow. And so you could do a Matthews bow can do it or APA bows to my knowledge. The only two I think can do that. Yeah. 
And that's a good point. I mean, it, these are mechanical devices and, you know, stuff happens and it can go wrong. And, you know, you've got to be prepared for, for that kind of stuff, especially if you want to have a, a hunt. And, you know, it's one thing if you're, you know, around, around home and it happens because, you know, you've probably got no people or have resources, but if you're out on a, a hunt or, you know, if you're trekking up in the woods somewhere, you know, that's a, that's a game. I mean, yeah. you're done. You know, so. The other option too would be, you know, some people might want to, uh, have two bows. I mean, like a good example is your, your switchback. You could keep that bow, get it set, ready to rock. And then you could buy a new bow and start using that, but take your switchback with you on your adventures as well, in case you need to go back to it. But the, the smart thing for you to do would be the sighting your new bow with your same arrow. So really you wouldn't have to replace everything. You could literally take the quiver with the arrows right over to your switchback and be good to go. So yep. that's another option that would be something like, that's what I do when I go on hunts. Yeah, I actually I mean. bring a couple rigs with me on purpose. I do it because that's what we do. We do content creation anyway. But if I was a normal hunter and I was just going out, I would probably just keep my old bows. A lot of guys I know, uh, Brian on our team, he hasn't gotten rid of one bow. So I, I was talking to him the other day. He's got like eight bows from the past years of working with us and stuff. He's got eight of them. He's just talking. Awesome. It's like from 2009 all the way to today. He's got tons of bows. Uh, every year we'd give him a That's bow great. and he would do content with it and keep it, never sell it because he didn't need the money. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to yeah. keep it. You know, these are sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, the prices you were throwing out for the most part, um, those were bare bows. And then from, yeah, um, bear, bear being, uh, naked, um, not bear as in bear archery. Um, yeah, I would say the lower end in the mid price have the options for packages. So those are probably more likely to have a package option for five fifty and up. I would say um, maybe if you did the G three cruiser from Bear, it would be under five hundred with a package. There's a couple options there. I know Elite has the basin ready to shoot package and the terrain i believe they have a couple options too ember and basin that are ready to shoot they call it package rts and those still would be in that lower price point um and then diamonds altar and max edge max will have a package at 650 so that actually comes with everything i don't even think you can get those ones bare but i could be wrong right but um yeah so a lot of the middle price points will actually be with gear on them and the lower end uh maybe the amazon definitely comes with stuff for like two to three hundred but those are, again, are, you know, totally different. I would consider a different level than what we're talking about. So <clears throat> once you've got the bows, I mean, assuming, like I said, that, that these are bare bows, let's talk about arrows. Um, you know, well, I guess one thing I want to, I, I, that popped in my mind, I wanted to ask you too, is, is you know, I kind of hit on my very first bow um, and I'm kind of asking out of curiosity, I'd almost have to believe, but these, these, starter bows that you're talking about you know that four to six hundred dollar under seven hundred dollar range in your opinion do you think those are better than the bow that i talked about i started on i, I would have to think they are they are absolutely yeah, yeah. The, the technology in those bows are only a few few years old uh those bows have better tech than your prior switchback to be honest <laughs> they, they their their tech is not very old and if it depending on the company like bear Arch uses the muscle limb i mean it's great limbs they're using um, and there, uh, I was, I was telling Dylan at the ATA show, the, you know, legend XR is my favorite value bow this year at like 560, And it comes with this cam system, the, uh, XR DHC XR cam. And it's unbelievable. I mean, it's so smooth for the money that it doesn't make sense to me when people spend a ton more, you don't need to, I mean, really that bow would be an amazing bow for hunting. People are buying that adapt. Like it's, you know, drinking water. There's so many of those things being sold right now. They love that bow, a single cam bow. Um, 
you know, same thing, package ready to shoot, ready to hunt and ready to go, you know? So, yeah, you know, another thing, Dave, is that, um, you know, speaking of, you know, somebody who knows a little bit about bow hunting, Chuck Adams, you know, he shoots a, you know, a budget bow, if you will, the Alaskan, the bear Alaskan. And, um, that guy, uh, obviously knows a thing or two about bow hunting. I think he, I think he does Dylan, does he hold the world record for the most world records on hunting? No, it, it, regardless, he's got a bunch. Holds the most in the book total. And then I think this year at the Pope and Young Convention, isn't he breaking his own world record? Unverified? Okay, yeah. Regardless, if if you're getting into the archery world or getting into the bow, bow world, if you just do a Google search of Chuck Adams. The guy's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, what the guy's done. He's just, he's just amazing. But, um, you know, he was, he was with Hoyt for a long time. Um, and just recently switched over to bear and he's shooting the bear Alaskan. Yeah. Another great bow. You know, the bear Alaskan's a, um, really nice bow, 32 inch axle axle bow. It's just about the right size for everybody. And, you know, it's one of those bows where, you know, people, the thing about bear is they have so many bows in this price area. And this bow would cost about 530 I would say, the Alaskan MSRP. Um, and that would be a bow that is shooting around 335 So, I mean, it's it's a great, it's a great bow. Um, but I would suggest uh, a bear bow, it, you know, bear isn't B-A-R-E. Bear bow, it's about 530 So, this is a great bow if you wanted to put your own accessories on. But you're naked. Yeah, we can call it naked. That's probably easier. <laughs> Put yeah. your own accessories on, you know, and, and uh, from that point on, it, you know, you can do it the way you want it, really. So um, that makes it kind of nice to be able to do that. You know, just kind of set up the way you want, so, you know, specifically if you didn't want to eat that hundred bucks, of course. But they don't have that option, I don't think, for the Alaskan <laughs> either way. But again, the name is so legendary with this bow name, Alaskan. That's one of Bear's like oldest names. And it's mm-hmm. like an amazing name. It carries a lot of weight with it. Um you know, a lot of good options. They they actually have that bow in uh, Mossy Oak Bottomland, and it looks it looks amazing. Like if yeah. that's an, something you like, or the throwback Fred Bear camo, that looks sick too. So a lot of options there. Yeah. Um, let's move along from there. You know, another, um, I guess necessity. You know, uh, is a release. I mean, anymore. I, I, my very first bow, I was shooting fingers, um, but. I would have to say now that um, the vast majority, overwhelming majority with, um, re, I mean, with uh, compounds are obviously shooting with a release, some type of a release aid. Yeah. So with releases, there's, you know, a variety of options. You have a wrist release, which is, um, or handle. So two different, you know, main characteristics here, a wrist release being, uh, it goes around your wrist in like a leather piece and it sticks out under your hand. And then you'd wrap your finger around the trigger and and release, or there's a handle, which is actual piece of metal that goes in your hand. You put your hand around it. It sticks out here somewhere. And then you pull through when you connect it and then you fire either with a thumb or they have ones that automatically will fire once you start to rotate it. It's called it starts to click and then it fires. So, you know, for archers, I don't recommend any of the handles or that type of release. I recommend the wrist to start, especially um, a lot of the other handle releases. There are some 
archers use for hunting, but a lot of those uh, people are using them for target shooting and actual 3D competition type stuff. Uh, because generally when you're holding it like this um, and you hear the click or whatever, you're holding on target and you really just rotate your shoulder down and it automatically fires the bow. You don't even really know what's going to go off, you know? So it's like, it, it's more about it keeping your accuracy focused you know than it is for a deer though it doesn't work good because you have deer moving a lot so you're always going like this and you could accidentally fire for all your mm -hmm. movement you're trying to do so that's why i don't recommend that type of thing some people like the thumb i'm not a thumb person i prefer the standard you know release system yeah and i'm with you um the other the the, the main reason why i'm i'm a wrist guy is because you don't drop it if you're sitting yeah a, I mean, if oh you're yeah sitting in the tree stand and or you're, you know, you're climbing up the tree stand. It's one less thing. It's, you know, I mean, I'm at the truck. I put my release on right at the truck. So that way I know it's on. And then I don't, oh crap. I left that sitting in the, on the console or, you know, whatever. You're just done. I just, I don't know that to me, you know, it's one less thing to, to, to have happen or whatever. Um, yeah. probably, you know, that's the, the, another big difference between, um, archery and, you know, firearm hunting is, is that. There, while there can be things that can can definitely go wrong while you're firearm hunting, there's a lot more that can go wrong with, um, you know, archery. There's a lot more mechanics, if you will, to it. And I just, you know, try to minimize the the, the things that, you know, could potentially go wrong. There's only a there's only a there's only certain things. There are a, a limited amount of things that you can control in a hunting scenario or, you know, shooting scenario, and try to try to limit those at the best that you can. And then from there. You know, whenever something that you can't control happens, then you're in the best place you can to recover from there. So um, do you have a preferred um, uh, release that you use? Um, not really. I mean, you know, we kind of I, to be honest with you guys, I use what whoever sponsors our show generally. So we have a, a our test lab show, which is our show that we call test lab, but it's boner plants, YouTube. And we test a lot of products on there, of course. Um, and generally, that's one area where I try to get a sponsor because uh, we use releases in every single video pretty much. So it makes sense that arrow, certain things are just make sense. Um, but we so we worked with, uh, I'm trying to think, we did Scott's Archery for about three years. Then we did uh, Cobra for two years. And I think this year we're going back to Scott's. We'll see what happens. But mm -hmm. um, I like any of those brands, to be honest. They all make really good stuff. I even shot a in, in between contracts and stuff. We shot I shot a True Ball uh, Centerline. It is one of the coolest releases I've ever used. It actually, um, so you hook on with a hook style. And it's not even the hook system I care about. It, they have a cool hook system where it always rotates at the top. So if you, if you, fire you can go back and hook your next uh d loop and there's another hook it's like four hooks in a row it's like a circle of hooks it's really kind of strange but that's not the part i care about what i care about is the release button is set back to here it's not up here where a normal one would be mm -hmm. it's actually here and so what happens is when you get it back you literally have to wrap your finger you have to wrap your finger around it to fire you cannot use the tip of your finger to fire it's impossible to reach it so that's why I love about it. It really helps set the standard of how you're supposed to use uh, a wrist sling release. Interesting. So moving along from there, you've got obviously arrows. Um, you know, as we've already talked about on here, um, you know, when I started, I was shooting aluminum shaft um, arrows and I'm, I don't even know what the diameter of them. They were, they were big. Um, and now, I mean, some of these carbon fiber um, arrows, they're just, 
the, the technology, just like in anything, the technology has just come so far. It's just crazy. Yeah. So with arrows, uh, first I'm going to throw a quick tip in here before we get the arrows real quick. Cause I just no thought of this. I, I, I don't want people to miss out on this, but um, <laughs> if you're buying a bear archery bow and you don't like the grip bear, actually has, has launched the bear, the paw grip, and you can actually buy it on their website. Um, it's like 10 bucks and it is like a rubberized grip. It's, it, it's first came about on the adapt. Um, but some people like me, like I love the paw grip. So I actually ended up putting it on my legend XR and you could probably put on the Alaskan too, is my point. So like, if you were like, Hey, you know, what? I like their bow, but I don't like that metal grip. You can get a, a, a rubberized grip to go over. It. It's pretty sweet. So I just thought I'd throw that out there because people don't think about it. No one talks about it, but I think it's a very important aspect. If you go on bears website and search paw grip, it'll come up and uh, that'll get you the better grip. Okay. Sorry, just want to throw that out there before no, we forget. No, and that's the kind of stuff, you know, we're just trying to give get information out to our listeners so that way they can, you know, there's so much stuff that's out there. And that's another thing, too, just, I mean, from the, you know, again, going back to the beginning, I got my very first bow. Um, it was a, a local doctor here in town. He has a, a setup, Doc Pacey. He had he had a setup in his basement, and, um, you know, he was with um, Hoyt. You know, I'm talking. We're, you know, we're talking late '80s, um, and uh, in the high country. Do you ever remember uh, high country? I have a few of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, shot one of those for a while. Um, but um, you know, that's what we're. You know, we're talking way, way pre-internet. So yeah, now there is so much stuff out there, and there's you know, there's I mean. There's no way that even if you're in the industry like you, you're in the industry and you're in just, you know, specifically archery, um, you're a great resource of the stuff that's out there. Um, you know, like Dylan, I, I rely on him a ton to, you know, to get me up to speed with, you know, stuff that's archery. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I own a shop and we're not into archery yet, but, but because I'm a bow hunter and because we're going to be adding it, obviously I'm, I'm in it a lot more than the normal person. So this is, you know, anything that you can add, that's why we got you on here, man, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I, I throw that one out there with the, the paw grip because it actually changes the whole feel of the bow. So you go from this bow that you like, oh, this is OK. I don't really like the metal I'm touching to like, wow, this bow is awesome now because you just added this rubberized grip that changes. It changes the whole feel of the bow. So I recommend people buying it regardless, like just buy it. It's 10 bucks. And then, you you know, if you like it, cool. If you don't, no worries. You know, I mean, it's it totally worth having it. Um but as far as arrows go, uh, we use Easton. Easton's uh, been a, our is our partner with us, so I'll, I'll make sure I say that out loud. But um, we use so let's go back here. I'll rewind a little bit. We did um, Black Eagle arrows for about five years, a long time ago. We did those; those were fine, no issue. We loved them. We used the Zombie Slayers, no issues there. We moved to uh, Victory Arrows for a year, I believe it was, and they had some really cool stuff uh, with their stainless steel in in um, weaved in their arrows and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But this year we were able to make a relationship with Easton, which is so happy to do because Easton number one is the longest, oldest archery company in the industry. Um, they have so much important heritage to their brand that it, I was really always wanted Easton to be honest from the beginning of doing this. So it was really happy that we were able to do a partnership this year because I, I like I said, I've been really wanted to do something with them. We use a lot of arrows on what we do here with our testing, a lot of arrows. I mean, I will probably break five, six dozen arrows in, in one year of just destroying them, shooting them through metal and different stuff. So um, it was yeah, really important to me to get my hands on Easton. They're American made, 
top-notch arrows, full metal jacket, aluminum arrows. They have the they have so much important stuff. Um, it, it was just really cool to to do that. And for the the, the person that's just getting into archery, uh, arrows are not cheap. Um, I mean, a, a low end arrow you're going to be getting in at, I mean, what five six bucks is kind of a probably a starter retail price. Yeah. I would think somewhere in there, and you can go. God, I don't know. Some of them probably pushing twenty bucks plus. Um, yeah, oh yeah, for an arrow. Um, so if you're if you're if you're going through that many arrows, you you definitely need to have a sponsor. But um, obviously, that's what you're you're doing. So, so with regards to arrows, I mean, how important are the is the arrow compared to the bow? Arrow is pretty important. I would suggest that you know you should get yourself a middle class arrow. Um, you know, arrows starting usually like six pack of fletched arrows, um, probably anywhere from 60 bucks to, I don't know, 140, somewhere in there. I mean, it's definitely a variety, uh, you know, huge uh, option base there. But I, I would say arrows are very important. But the thing about arrows are there's a lot of good brands. So I don't want to act like Easton's the only good brand out there. They're not. They're all good. Easton happens to be the only American, you know, a fully American made brand for their arrow. Uh, in the oldest company, right? But there are other brands, Gold Tip being one of them. It's been around. Um, we talked about Victory is a great brand. They have some really good stuff. Uh, Carbon Express has been around for many years. So, I mean, I think you're okay with really any of them. I don't really see an issue. But if you want to step into, like, the higher end, then it's really hard to get, you know, past a full metal jacket uh, type arrow, which has aluminum and carbon built into it. It's aluminum outside, carbon inside, um, really high end arrow. So, I mean, like it's, it depends. And with that comes stiffness, they call it straightness, things like that. I'm not an expert in all that. So I'm not going to be able to get into that in detail, but I would say the more you spend, it would be a better arrow. There's no doubt about it, but yeah, and when you think, can you get away with 70 bucks? Sure. Yeah. When you throw in, when, when, when you're throwing 60 to 140, 70, you're talking a dozen arrows, right? Uh, I'm talking six arrows, six arrows. Okay. Yep. Six arrows, half dozen is usually around 60 bucks for these things. Even right now, I'm looking online, just searching for you, just taking a look what I'm doing. It's all six packs for anywhere from about $53 all the way up to 100 and plus. So, so I wouldn't start, I mean, personally, if I was buying a bow and coming out, you know, coming out, I would stick with probably Eastern or Gold Tip right off the bat. I mean, that's what I would probably do. Um, but like I said, I, those are just in my mind, you know, what to me has been some of the best brands that I've seen, at least in the industry. Yeah. The other issue is a lot of companies will create their own arrow, like Raven's got their own arrow. You know, some other companies have started to do their own arrow. I just don't see the point of that. Like, I'm not going to buy their arrow. I'm going to buy a brand name arrow. You know, it doesn't make sense to me to buy a secondary arrow. It'd be like going to, you know costco and buying the member's choice arrow or whatever it is you know what i mean like the yeah. kirkland arrow it does i'm not going to do that like i'm just going to buy an arrow from arrow company right that's yeah. that to me it doesn't make sense to buy the secondary um it, brand yeah yeah i mean they make it there's they're an arrow company and that's what they make is arrows so yeah the, the arrow i shoot right now um for those who are listening that want to see kind of what i'm using i'm using the eastern 6.5 whiteout yeah, it is freaking right you're going turkey hunting what's your sick what's your turkey hunting yeah, my turkey hunt rig. Um, so I, I'm a person who changes rigs a lot. So just keep I, that in I mind, everybody. Uh, so I asked my viewership what they wanted me to hunt with for the turkey uh, hunt coming up. And I gave a, a, a poll that I put on our social media, all over our social media. And the, the options were 
the Bear XQ32, uh, the Bear Legend XR, the um, Raven, I'm sorry, the Elite Era, the Botech 1 um, were all the options I set out for this first uh, hunt, and the Elite Era won that poll. So I am using their carbon bows, the Elite Carbon Era, which, you know, no no skin off my nose. I don't mind using it. It's a nice bow. Right. So that's the bow. And then I have been testing. I've been, t- I always go in these testing phases with different brands. So right now I'm in Fuse. I'm working with Fuse to test some of their stuff. So I have Fuse products on there. So it's a, uh, I have the Fuse. Uh, it would be the Sight, the Quiver and stabilizer i believe well actually no i had to take that off because i'm filming this hunt so i put a i end up putting a tactic cam and a painted arrow um phone holder on my above that which is awesome it's a magnet system if you've used the magnet on the phones um so with that you know all that works so well together that system and it it really uh pans out well as far as uh, rest goes i think i'm using i think elite when they sent me the bow they had sent me the bow already with a rest on it, a QAD Elite Edition arrest. Mm-hmm. So I just left that on there, and it's shooting very, very well right now. So, and then with the arrows, like I said, I was I'm, for this rig, I'm actually using the uh, Full Metal Jacket Aluminum or uh, Autumn arrows. They're orange. They actually look pretty cool. Um, I had fletched a few of those to get them ready to go, and then my whiteouts I plan to use for deer season coming up with a Hoyt VTM31 is my going towards my boat, my uh, whitetail rig. Yeah, and. Obviously, you you had um, you had talked about your your turkey rig and everything. You you're building content and stuff like that. And so, for any of our listeners that are out there, if you want to 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 get your your guys's Instagram and social media page is full of all kinds of as you touched on multiple times, um, all kinds of uh, content with regards to testing different different bows and arrows and and uh lots arch, yeah, broadheads broadheads archery equipment um all of it so much yeah and uh you know you kind of mentioned tacticam we uh are also we work with tacticam and um here in the podcast studio we're recording uh some of our side cameras um we'll be with tacticam as well and um when we go out this this uh next couple of weeks hunting we'll be using some of their stuff so it's great stuff to to use theirs for for self-filming and that's just also part of the hunt too that you can do is give you the opportunity to kind of record it and then you know go back and and relive that if you will um i i really kind of enjoy that that part of it as well um it's you know something we didn't do you know it it was very 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 difficult and and almost if not impossible for just a a regular diy hunter back when i started hunting and now it's become extremely um much more um, feasible and and doable so i really enjoy that um that part of it's pretty cool um do you uh, where's your first hunt at this year for for turkey uh we'll be in the west side of michigan the west side of the state and um we're i'm actually working on the uh so last year we were approached by apex uh honey rewards and they wanted to sponsor our podcast which we looked into we're like yeah this looks awesome so we had um you know did that with them and in the process i'm you know part of the deal was i would do the i would actually try to hunt the competition which i am doing so i'm really excited about it i've been like really preparing for this apex it's so cheap to get involved i I, people i recommend everybody check it out it's called apex hunting rewards but you can win like thousands of dollars and there's contingency stuff it's really exciting and to be honest i'm glad i'm doing it because i'm excited about it it's like gives me something to really try to focus on and so with this hunt, I'm going to film it because it's part of what you need to do, I think, for the the requirements. Um, and what I'm going to do is 
I need to kill the biggest bird I can find. So the, the key is I now need to actually be very methodical about what I'm shooting. So I can't just shoot the first, you know, uh, Tom that comes in or Jake, right? I got to really try to win. So I'm trying to find one that the beard's touching the ground, right? I need something a little bigger. Exactly. So I, I, now I'm being real strategic. And my Tacticam reveal cameras are helping me with this because they're at least letting me know what's in the region there of the areas I'm trying to hunt. So right now they're telling me like with a picture, like, hey, well, I mean, I can look at the picture and see if there's a one that's a shooter, I would call in that group, you know, which I've seen a few. So I think I'm You're good. For a rope. Yeah, exactly. I need something big. I want to win this thing. And I'm up right. against, uh, you know, an, an, another Michigander who's on our team. He's in it too. And he kills birds every year. So I know I'm at a disadvantage. And then in Indiana, we have, uh, Isaac who's on our team who's doing one, doing it as well. And, but doesn't count versus us because it's Michigan, you know, all separate, each state separate, uh, who you go against. Got but, it up right now. I, oh, it's I awesome. Then they have contingency. So like, for instance, if I kill a bird with a tacticam, I could have a chance to win a contingency pool of money. And mm -hmm. if I kill a bird with a certain call, I have a, t a contingency group, you know, uh, pool of money. So it's almost like you're an, a you know, ASA shooter or something. You contingency if you win, right? It's the same concepts here. Mm -hmm. So I love it. It's like super exciting. It was only 75 bucks to get yeah, into it. I so I'm like, this is bucks and then uh, when each state challenge provides 120,000 in cash rewards. Yeah, these guys are nuts, man. I'm telling you, they put a lot of money in this than their own money, you know, to do this, mm -hmm. to start this program over the last few years. And, you know, they uh, it's it's a genius thing. Eventually, it's going to take off fully and it'll it'll completely work because, you know, like I said, even they have a deer one, too. So they have a deer yeah. and turkey. So I, I, I clicked deer. on the turkey one, but yeah, deer's oh. coming up and I'll be in that one as well. And that's where it gets exciting, you know, so it says, try to I just clicked on the Kansas one because I'm in Kansas. So it's rewards top 10 scores. First is 10,000 and then clear down to, I don't know, uh, $300. Yeah. There's a huge variety and, and it's limited. So like you can't, it's not open all the time. Once it fills, it's done. You know, there is yeah. a limit. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to look into it more and, and uh, you know, just adds a whole nother element and you, you know, you're just out there having fun and doing what you're going to do. But obviously we're also, you know, want to, to shoot a big bird. So that's that's yeah, part of oh, it. For sure. That's absolutely part of it. So, so if you had to pick one thing that you've seen, um, you know, in the last, you know, whatever, six months, year that's in the, you know, the archery world that you were just like, you know, caught your attention that you're, you know, were taken aback by, could you, could you put your thumb on one thing? What would that be? Mm. Tough question. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh well, I don't know. There's a few things. Music. Go the for back it. crossbow is pretty sick. That's one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. It's like a very powerful mini pistol crossbow, which I I really love it. And I got to meet the owners at the ATA show, and they're from Ukraine, so that was actually pretty cool to talk with them a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so that thing was cool. The Annihilator broadhead's been vicious. I've been doing a lot of testing on that broadhead, and it's doing a lot of great things, things I didn't think it could do, to be honest. It's just breaking through metals, woods balloons at the same time keeping straight in the shot i was very impressed with that so i know that's a few things but the other one is the painted arrow company because that th those kids man they're younger guys and they're working on this magnet thing for your iphone and it is incredible what it can do i mean it really makes filming your hunts so much easier um from all sorts of ways they're coming up with ways to hold your phone in all sorts of ways right it's not just on your bow or your gun it's going to be on your crossbow it's on like a handheld so it's just genius because, you know, people like me, I film on my phone all the time for the stuff I work on. And um, 
to be able to like snap my phone on all these different accessories super quick is like mind blowing to me. And it, it's super helpful, uh, especially for what I'm doing. Cause I could do it right to a tripod, right to this, right to that. You know, it's just, just really cool. And what is that product again? Uh, painted arrow Mac pro plus, uh, I think it's called Mac pro plus it's, it's awesome. So painted arrow makes these, uh, magnet foot holders for your iPhone. They can go on bows, whatever, uh, and if you go on the Boner Planet website and you go under discounts, there we do have a discount code for that company that they gave us to give out. So if anybody wants a percentage off, feel free to use it. Absolutely, that's 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 awesome. You know, that's the kind of stuff that you know it. If you don't, you know, the only other way to get it other than through this or through social media is you just stumble upon and somebody that's in the you know out the woods and has one, and you're like, oh, what is that? And yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, Painted Arrow, uh, they gave us 10% off for everybody on our website. You can go to our, you go to our website, go to discounts, you'll find that one. But also, uh, Bear Archery gave us a code to give out to anybody. So you can take 20% off anything you can get on their website. Uh, on our website, go to our website, it's free to get the code. There's no, you know. So if it's something you can buy on their website, you can take 20% off, which is huge. <laughs> so, you know, people who want a couple of those bows that they do sell direct, that's a good deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you a, uh, what, what all animals do you hunt with your bow? Uh, mainly turkey and deer for me and black bear. Those would be the three that are my main, uh, bow hunting stuff for now. You know, eventually I'll get out West uh, at some point, just going to take a little more time than I was thinking. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> Cause for you us, picked? for a Michigander to go out West, it's not as simple. It's like $10,000 and it's, there's a lot to it. It's not as simple as, Hey, I'm just gonna go hunting a mountain. I'll, I'll end up dying, you know? So I, <laughs> I gotta like. I got to have to go with somebody. I got to pay fees. You know, there's a lot to it. So yeah. we're just trying to bide our time till we can put like 15, 20 grand aside to like really get out there and try to get it, you know? Well, and for, for anybody that's watched your stuff, you know, it's, it's quality content, it's good stuff. And so it sounds like, you know, you don't want to just slap something together. You want to put something together that's of quality um, and have that, you know, that ex a, a, a great experience that you can share with your, with your, um, for sure. Your yeah. Listeners and stuff on your content. Um, for somebody that's just getting into the hunt, the bow hunting world, what's a, a piece of advice? Yeah. Just have fun with it. Just stick to it. Uh, learn as much you can online that you can, you know, don't, uh, just take one piece of advice, take the website stuff, take, you know, pro shop stuff, take it all in and, you know, do your thing. Don't worry about what people think or what bow you're using or any of that stuff. That's minimal. Um, just focus on learning the skills of archery. I mean, it's, that's number one, just getting your shot down. So you know how to at least start there before you get into the bow hunting part of it. Yeah. I, I think the thing I would say is, um, practice. It's just like anything. It just, and don't, don't, don't get discouraged at first. Um, because the ears just, there's so many different moving parts and, and different things that can affect, um, and, and really, you know, one little change can make, it's just a, it's a, it's a s s snowball effect, if you will, that you can, you can affect things. So, you know, don't get discouraged if at first you're just, you know, you're not able to just, you know, put five arrows in a, you know, six inch group. It's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, it's fun, but that's part of the reward to it is, is that, and then, you know, then you see, you know, the ability to, to go out at, you know, 60 yards and start you know putting arrows into stuff it's that's that's to me is the fun part and and the the rewarding part and everything like that i really really enjoy uh it's just it's it's a it's a it's an ability for me to go out and just kind of decompress from the day and and 
just take it all in for sure. So when, when you're, when you're hunting, are you always hunting compound or do you, do you hunt traditional? I actually, uh, it's mainly compound crossbow and traditional, but mainly compound. Yeah. We go traditional doesn't really hit my market or hit my line of sight until after I kill something. So I didn't kill anything last year. So I never got to that part last year. Um, and crossbow just kind of comes in when it's a crappy day. If it's raining or something nasty out, I'll just like, yeah, I'll take the crossbow depending on how I'm feeling. Um, and depending on where I'm hunting. So if I hunt out of the ground blind, usually I use a crossbow. Mm-hmm. If I'm hunting a tree, I usually use my compound. Right. <clears throat> Do you travel um, for turkey at all? Or are you just going to be hunting in, in Michigan for turkey this year? Uh, we stayed in Michigan for most of everything we do for hunting, uh, at least me. We have teams, people in different states that do all that. We have people in Illinois and Indiana and um, different, mainly Midwest, some people in Florida. But <clears throat> that's kind of where we stick to for now, like I said, until we get, get time to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with With all of the different things that you have available to you, um, what kind of a hunting accessories do you, do you, do you use, um, ground blinds, tree stands, do you use, um, you know, permanent blinds, what touch a little bit based on that for our listeners? Yeah. Generally we've been starting with, uh, our last few years have been, uh, shadow hunter type blinds, like these beautiful ground blinds that are just really, really nice. I would suggest if you can afford one, they're pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Um, that type of blind that we've been sitting in, uh, pop-up blinds, of course, we use a lot of pop-ups where we don't have a spot now tree stands that are already established. And so that's been causing a little bit of an issue because I feel like the deer are kind of like honing in on where those are. And then they, you know, when you say they're already established, are you talking about the old school? No, not really. They've been up about five years, you know, regular tree stands, but just been in the, you know, the same spot for a long time. And so this year, uh, we have. We have we had trophy line on the podcast and they were gracious enough to send us a couple of kits for the saddle hunting. So that's going to be something we start to work on this year here. I, I definitely want to do it where I'm hunting, because if I could just move around a couple trees around, I think it would put me where I want to be without having to redo full sets each time. <clears throat> so when you're out uh, in Michigan, you guys have the the straight tree so you can do climbing the climbing stands is that you, do you have woods like that there? Cause back here, yeah, we have easy climbers or easy. We don't use climbers anymore at our age, but <laughs> right. I've done enough of that. I'm my twenties. I'm done with that. I could only imagine we, we around here. They just, you, I, you might find one tree maybe in, you know, yeah. in the woods. we don't have the, the street. I've had trees. so many bad experiences with climbers. I, I don't even recommend them for anybody. I go up three, you know, go up three feet, slide down a foot. You know I mean? Just the wrong trees, the wrong grips, Yes, yeah, so you know, know nothing about that. Bottom falling out, you know, guy had to come up underneath me and push it back up. I mean, it's just stupid. Like, I, it's just not safe, in my opinion. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna be a person who does that anymore. I used to, I used to love climbers because I love to be able to get in and get out of new areas. But then, after having some of those scary issues, I was like, you know what, this is even worth it. Like, what am I doing? Like, I gotta right. go home to my family. This is yeah, crazy. That's another thing. You know, I I have spoke many times throughout this podcast about when we started you know, safety, make sure that you're wearing a harness. Um, safety is obviously paramount and that's come a, a long, long way. Um, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. World, but I definitely would highly recommend making sure that you're, you're, you know, being safe with, with, uh, a harness and, and, a, and, a, and a tree line and all that. Um, so, um, 
is there anything, you know, as we're wrapping up here, is there anything that you'd like to add for the, for the, you know, listeners out there that are, you know, just wanting to get into the archery and, and shooting? Yeah. I just, like I said, take it in, take your time and, uh, you know, get something that feels right for you. If you can afford it, I definitely recommend trying to stick with the American brands. If you can like bear archery or, um, diamond, you know, one of those, if you can do it. And when I say that, I mean, just the non Amazon stuff, I would definitely recommend trying to get into that, you know, the lowest price you can with a, like a, and the reason for that is it has a lot to do with the quality. It also has a lot to do with, uh, warranty uh, and be able to get your, you know, get any issues taken care of with the local pro shop because a local pro shop will carry bear. They will carry and they will help service some of those issues uh, with bear or diamond. Those, those Amazon ones, you're not going to get any of that help. And you're also not going to get any help on setup, which, you know, but like I said, if that's if the only thing you're going to do and you're like, I don't care, Dave, I don't want to go to a pro shop. I'm just buying line. Then do what you got to do. But like I said, if, if you can do it, I recommend highly trying to get into a pro shop to just pick one up there. It'd probably be much easier. But again, if you start with your budget and you walk into the pro shop and say, look, I got 500 bucks. I got to be under that with tax, you know, boom. I think that would be the best decision you made because you're going to get what you want with that. And I would, frame. I would have to echo that because, um, you, you know, there's the old saying you get what you pay for or, you know, cry once it's, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. If you want to, you could do it, you know, the Amazon way. I, I but I think that you're going to, the learning curve and the, 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 the success rate that you're going to have and all that is going to be extremely faster. And, and honestly, the pro shop, I mean, that's, if you're going to the right shop, hopefully it's, you know, I've always enjoyed the ones where you go in and it's, you know, the camaraderie back and forth and the, they're just, you know, a wealth of information and want to help you. And usually there's one or two guys in there that are, you know, customers that are in there as well, as well as the staff that, you know, just will pitch in. And if you get in an issue with something or, you know, you're running into a, you know, something where your bow's not repeating or whatever, then you can, you know, bounce it off of somebody. And for the most part, people are, are, uh, you know, quick to help. And that's something that you don't get with that, you know, that internet, uh, transaction. So. Yeah. Plus you gotta remember, you know, I, I know there's, we talked about warranty a little bit with that, but also, you know, safety in the sense that if something was to go wrong with that bow that you bought on Amazon, no one's liable. I mean, mm-hmm. no one, you're not going anywhere with that. It's international, it's Chinese, it's been sold. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to sue anybody. You're not going to be able to, you know, not that you should, but I'm just saying you have no liabilities to the safety of the product compared to like an American brand or, or a Canadian brand with APA, those, you know, those brands will give you that backup, you know, with, especially with safety, right. Especially for kids, I guess. So it, I don't, I highly don't recommend buying anything online for kids unless it's one of the main brands. Uh, but easier, you know, nowadays, a lot of the pro shops are even selling their bows online too. There's options there for lower cost stuff. So right. it's definitely options to at least have that communication with them. Um, and, you know, pro shops are, there's pro shops for everything, right? So like you want to buy a new bike, a mountain bike, you go into a Trek store. That's like a pro shop. I mean, those guys know mm-hmm. their stuff, right? It's the same feeling, a tennis store, a pickleball store, whatever. It's the same concept when you go into these places as when we talk about the word pro shop. But yeah. again, I feel like if you just enter that pro shop and you say to the guy, Hey, I I'm here, I got 500 bucks. What's my options. And that's the best way to start the conversation. Because if you're just upfront with what you can afford, and they're not going to show you a $1,200 bow if they know you can't afford it. It's just not going to happen. Well, and along those lines, I mean, the, you know, we're saying pro shop, um, you know, because using our shop as an, ex- as an example, you know, we've got an in-house gunsmith and, 
you know, he is extremely busy. Um, and a bow is the, is very similar. It's, it's a moving, you know, mechanical machine and, you know, it, there's a lot of tools that are needed in order to work on that thing. And, you know, it, it can be dangerous if you aren't using the right kind of tools um, because, you know, there's all kinds of pressures that are under it and stuff. Yeah. And so or if you don't know how, or you don't know how you can very easily hurt yeah. yourself. Um, but you know, there's, there's an experience and I can tell you that for our shop, one of the, one of the things that I'm, I'm dragging my feet on with regards to the expansion is, is I want to make sure that I've got a good bow tech that, um, you know, is going to be here long-term to be able to work on these because, um, while I have some knowledge of it and I'm also going to go and, and expand my knowledge of it, but I, I can't be, um, I can't commit to being the bow tech full-time in the shop. And so, um, before we open our doors, so to say to that expansion, I want to make sure that we can, can bring that level of service to our, um, to our customers. Um, we want to make sure we're, we're able to bring top-notch service. So, that's you know th that's something in the archery world and that that i definitely would would again echo that you know make sure you find find a good pro shop it's it's definitely worth the worth the to, to do that so well yeah, hey dave i know that, um i know that you've got a busy schedule and i greatly appreciate you coming on here to the pattern string podcast um you know for all of our listeners out there go um you know go go look look their stuff up uh, bow hunter planet it's it, there's they got you know website uh they're on you know you're on uh tiktok you're We're on, everywhere yeah social media <laughs> everywhere and um just google it you're good to go <laughs> yeah absolutely and um again for our listeners um we really appreciate you listening to us if you'd uh, go and like and subscribe and um follow all of our channels we're the same thing we're on um almost all the social media uh, platforms that are out there youtube uh, powder string. Um, so we greatly appreciate it, Dave. Thank you so much. And, uh, we hope all of you out there have a great day. Thanks guys. Thanks Dave. Thank have you. a great day. I will see you guys. All right.